Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as he ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. It's also purpose to invoke open and honest conversations on the things that many people, especially Christians, don't want to talk about, which is racism in the body of Christ. I pray that God will use this podcast to enable us as his sons and daughters to talk about the elephant in the room that for too many years, pastors, teachers, and leaders have tried to sweep under the rug. You can help and support this podcast by telling your family, friends, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server under this title. I also ask for your prayers. You can also reach me with questions and comments by email at amypeople at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at C-H-A-R-T-E-R dot N-E-T. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.amyeagle.com. And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through, Or to hear previous episodes, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on every and any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. This is part two of Getting Our Prayers Answered. Last week I talked with you concerning prayers that are not being answered. The blind man that Jesus had healed said that God doesn't hear the prayers of sinner. The question I pose is, is it that God doesn't hear the prayers or is it that he just don't answer? I believe that all of our prayers are heard, but there are times that God will not answer with either a yes, a no, or even a wait. I'd rather some answer, yes, wait, or even a no as opposed to hearing nothing at all. The realization is that God doesn't answer prayers that he is not in agreement with. If we're not in agreement, then it means that we're in disagreement. This disagreement with God can come about not just through us not agreeing with him, but also through being in agreement with others who are in disagreement with him. In previous episodes, I've mentioned two of the kings of Judah. They were godly kings, who agreed with two kings who disagreed with God. One of these godly kings nearly lost his life and the other actually died in battle because of those disagreements. We can't agree with people, not even Christians who disagree with God. Too many have entered into battles with others who are totally out of the will of God. 
It was never God's intent to give them victories in the battles they fought. We must be careful so that we don't find ourselves, as Gamaliel told the council in the book of Acts, fighting against God. Would Christians actually fight against God? Would Christians become allies with the enemies of God? In actuality, when Christians are in agreement with those who are not in agreement with God, then they are in agreement with the enemy, whether they realize it or not. They are in agreement with Satan himself, thus becoming an enemy of God. How in the world could anyone, especially Christians, be in agreement with the enemy? This is the second thing that we must understand when we pray. Look at what Revelations 12 and 10 reads. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. We cannot pray through accusations, allegations, blames, and complaints about the people we pray for, no matter how much we may not like them, may not like them, their character, or their personalities. And when we don't know what to say or how to pray for an individual, just ask the Holy Ghost to pray through us. People would be absolutely amazed as well as dismayed if they realized that some of the people they follow are causing them to go through things, even into, into spiritual battles and storms in their lives that God never intended. They'd be shocked if they knew that decisions made by pastors and leaders have literally brought God's wrath down upon those that follow them. The decisions and actions of the leaders can cause the people that they lead to go through much, much upheaval in their lives, up to and including death. If you don't think that's true, ask the family of Ashley Babbitt, the woman who died during the insurrection on January 6th at the nation's capital in D.C. In 2 Samuel 24, David decided to take a census of the people. That was basically a political move. He numbered the fighting men of his kingdom so that he would know his strength and power. David ordered this census, but the results that occurred affected the people he led, and 70,000 of them died. Considering that there were only 805,000 men, over 11% of them died. Think about it. What would happen if over 11% of the people that are in your congregation die? There are too many pastors and leaders that look at the numbers in their congregation as their strength and power as opposed to their responsibilities and duties. They see their members as their greatness to be exploited rather than their sheep to be protected. In the 17th verse, it reads, when David saw the angel who was striking down the people, he said to the Lord, I have sinned. I, the shepherd, have done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? Let your hand fall on me and my family. Where are the pastors, prophets, preachers, and teachers that will say to God that it was them that sinned and not the people? 
Which one is saying that it was their decision to lie from the pulpit and be in agreement with the false prophets? Which is willing to say to God, Father, it was not the sheep, but me. So let your hand fall upon me and my family. Which one is willing to admit that they miss God, not because they believed in what was being perpetrated by the lying prophets concerning abortion, but because they wanted others to think that they too were prophets of God and were hearing from God on the levels of these so-called prophets who were lying through their teeth about the election being stolen. And because they refuse to acknowledge their sin, it's the people, the sheep, who have and are continually suffering the consequences. When we understand why something isn't happening or why it's not working, we can correct it so that it will happen or work. If the recipes for the cookie or cake doesn't come out right, then either we didn't follow the recipe correctly or it's not a good recipe. If our prayers aren't accomplishing what they should, then either we're not praying correctly or we're not praying good prayers. When we understand why our petitions aren't being answered, we can correct them and not give up praying so that they will be answered. When we pray, it cannot be felt that the answer has to be what we want it to be. In last week's episode, I shared that flesh wants what flesh wants when flesh wants it. Unfortunately, when we don't receive our requests, too many will give up praying or believing. It's not that God doesn't hear us. If he's not answering, it's, then it's because we're not in agreement with him. But again, let me say, don't stop praying. We just have to understand if we need to change our hearts, change the way we pray, and be aware of who we're praying in agreement with. Presently, I believe that one reason there is so much chaos and division in the body of Christ is because our prayers are so divided. It's because we're not on one accord. Remember in Acts 2 and 1, it reads in the King James Version, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. When looking at the word accord, it means to be in one mind, or as one theologian put it, moving along or forward in unison. It's defined as having one passion. If those that you are praying in agreement with, or even for, don't have the same passion for whatever it is that you're praying for, then your prayers are stuck and can't move forward. The Holy Ghost didn't come until they were all with one accord. How can two walk together except they agree? How can Christians, people who believe in the same God, read the same Bible, sing the same songs, and even attend the same churches with the same denominations be so divided? On Wednesday morning of last week, I read 1 Corinthians 13. If one doesn't have love, no matter how great they may think their gifts, preaching, teaching, prophesying, giving, or anointing might be, then their love means nothing. There is a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, they're just making a lot of noise. 
as Justin Wilson would say, I guarantee that some are hearing nothing but a lot of noise coming from some pastors, preachers, and pulpits. However, the really sad thing is that there are still those that don't recognize that it's just a lot of hype and noise that they're hearing. Continually, we are seeing division in the church and the body of Christ because of sin, disobedience, and rebelliousness. The bottom line is that there are too many that are in disagreement with God and don't even know it. It's because each one thinks they know what's best and won't truly allow God to do what he knows or even what he has said is best. We must learn to allow the Father's will to be done, saying and meaning, not my will, but thine will be done. In spite of what flesh desires, we must say and mean, Father, no matter what I feel or think, I trust in you. We're divided because we're praying for what we want, but then not listening to God for what he has ordained. Rather than waiting for his answer, we move on to our own answer, the one we want to hear, by any means necessary. God is not the author of confusion. He's not going to tell one group of Christians to do one thing and then tell another group of Christians to do something entirely different that will bring about discord and enmity. If Christians can't agree with one another, how can we expect God to move on behalf of Christianity? If Christians can't agree with one another, how can we expect others to come through to Christ through us? If Christians can't agree, then how can we expect what God says to come to pass so that he will be glorified? So how do we as Christians come into agreement? First and foremost, there needs to be a true repentance in the body of Christ. Leaders need to repent before God and their congregations so that those that they lead will follow them and also repent before God. We come into agreement by asking God for his perfect will in spite of what we may want or think is best. We cannot pray feeling that we already know the answer or that we already know what's best. I can't pray for Republicans if I want them to do only what I think is best and vice versa. Whites can't pray for blacks and other races only for what they want them to do and only what they think is best. Hatred is sin. Suppression of another person or race is sin. Systemic racism, prejudice, and discrimination is sin. One of the old catchphrases I used to hear all the time as a very young Christian was that the Holy Ghost is a gentleman and he will never force anything upon you. We cannot force our ways and wills upon others, especially when it's only to our own benefits. When we don't know for sure what or how to pray, simply pray in the spirit and in agreement with the Father and then let him do it. And of course, it's as I always say, when praying and asking God for whatever it is we petition him for, we must ask ourselves, what are our motives for the things we ask and desire? Again, is it to satisfy flesh or to bring glory to the Father? 
and before it's saying is to bring glory to the Father, is what being done, done in a way that he has ordained so that it will bring him glory. Let me pose another question. Did the insurrection on the Capitol in January truly bring glory to the Father? With all of the Republican Christians, QAnon, and the Proud Boys who marched on the Capitol, did their actions actually glorify God? Was what they did really what God ordained for them to do? If it was, why did it turn out so poorly? If it was of God, why did God not move the way they expected? Why were their prayers to take over not answered? The bottom line with these groups, just like any other groups or individuals, is that they were not in agreement with God. They may have prayed, fasted, and everything else, but if they weren't in agreement with the Father, then he was under no obligation whatsoever to answer, and obviously he didn't. Look at what Isaiah said in the 58th chapter. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. And we wonder why God is not answering. We can't even agree as Christians whether or not to wear masks in church on a Sunday without getting angry and accusing those who do or don't. And we call ourselves Christians. It's as I always say, we need to learn how to hear God's voice for ourselves. It's not a matter of not being teachable or that no one can tell us anything. In fact, it's just the opposite. Be teachable and learn from a different perspective other than just one biased group. There are so many Christians that will only listen to one news outlet. They are those that will only listen to Fox News. It's so sad. Even when the former president was in office, they were news conferences, press conferences that he held that he would only allow Fox News to come in. One of the things that the professors in Bible college would tell the students Always be aware of what's going on. Read newspapers, read magazines, listen to news reports, more than just one. It's okay if you don't like CNN, but there are other news medias that can be listened to so that you can understand a different perspective. Have hearts of love and compassion for one another and be willing to allow others to wear the mask or not wear the mask and then within yourself not be angry because of it. However, again, as I always say, when we stand in the judgment, we will give an account for what God has spoke directly to us. He will not accept the excuse of what someone else said. He's our father and it's his voice that we're supposed to hear and obey. That's another issue of being on one accord with those that we are in prayer with. 
We need to be sure that those we sit under, those that teach us, preach, and prophesy to us are hearing God and speaking only what he's speaking to them and not their own opinions, desires, and hidden agendas, which for many is to propagate white supremacy. No one wants to be under those who take their political positions for their own selfish motives, as David did when he numbered the people, and then not be willing to take responsibility for what they've done. What our Father wants us to focus on is having our prayers answered in a way that will bring him glory. God truly desires to answer our prayers. Therefore, they must be prayed in a way that's in agreement with what he wants and the way he wants us to do it. Again, let me say, don't stop praying. But if your prayers are not being answered, then change the way you pray. As long as Christians cannot and will not come to a place of agreement with one another, our prayers concerning certain things will never be answered. There are a few things that we don't do if we want God to answer our prayers. First, don't pray in sin, expecting God to agree with you while you're in that sin. Don't pray with hidden agendas and ulterior motives. Remember, God knows the heart of man. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The Lord light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. He knows exactly why you're praying and asking for what it is that you're petitioning him for. Next, don't agree with the enemy. Don't accuse whoever it is that you're praying for. No matter how much you may dislike their plans, character, or personality, always remember that they're God's son or daughter as well. There's a certain way that you talk to a parent about their child, no matter how errant that child may be. Accusing them, calling them names, and pointing out their worst faults is not the best way to get that parent on your side. It's the same with our Heavenly Father when speaking to him and praying to him about his sons and daughters. We cannot stand with the accuser when praying for or about someone and expect God to answer our prayers concerning them. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for us. So decide who you're going to stand with. It must be one or the other, the accuser or the intercessor. Again, if you can't think of a way to speak those things concerning an individual or group or people that will be in agreement with the Father, then just ask the Holy Ghost to pray through you and then pray in tongues. He makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. If you don't have a prayer tongue, then simply ask God for his perfect will concerning them. And finally, don't stop praying and don't stop believing. No matter what, I cannot say it enough. Don't stop praying. Just pray the right way. And the right way is always in agreement with the Father. And once we learn to pray in agreement with God, our prayers will always, always be answered. 
I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.